Welcome to the Growth Exponential Podcast. We're joined by two special guests here today, Halud Ayuti and Ariella Rosen. They're co-CEOs of Present Tense, which creates impact from the bottom up by leveling the playing field, by using tools of entrepreneurship and a mission to diversify the startup nation and reduce socioeconomic inequalities. We're joined with them today from Israel. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Hi. We're happy to be here. It's such a pleasure to have you. And I'm super curious because Present Tense is a really unique organization. Um, the way that we're going to structure the interview today um, is that first, I want to hear from, from your mouth just a very high level of what Present Tense is all about. And then I want to hear each of your stories. And then we're going to jump into a, little, a few more questions and related to uh, present tense Israel. So let's, uh, who wants to start? Okay, I'll go. So uh, this is Hulud, hello. Uh, so present tense, uh, uh, what we do is that we focus on working with uh, socially marginalized communities to really and use entrepreneurship to create social impact. So in Israel, as um, I, I don't know if, if people know that or, know, or not, Israel is really uh, known for being the startup nation. But uh, only 8% of the entire population really take part of the startup nation actively working in startups. Uh, and the other uh, 92% uh, are really, they don't really have the choice whether they want to be a part of the startup nation or not. And that's something that we're trying to change using entrepreneurship as the tool for this change. And we do that by creating programs that aim to build communities around entrepreneurship, to expose communities, marginalized communities to the startup nation using tools of entrepreneurship in an effort to uh, level the playing field and to create a more uh, equal uh, population in Israel, society in Israel. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And Ariella, let's start with you. What was your journey to present tense? What is your backstory? Uh, I'm born and raised in Jerusalem. My journey to present tense. So I think I've always been socially active and politically active as well. When I was 14 or even 13, uh, in 95, um, Rabin was assassinated and it really shaped my life choices after the assassination i decided that i wanted to be more active about you remember remember where you were when rabim was assassinated yeah so i was at the rally when he was assassinated and we were just getting on the bus to take the bus from the square to take us to the bus to jerusalem uh when we heard on the radio that there were shots in the rally and we didn't know what they were talking about because we were literally there and by the time we arrived to jerusalem uh, he passed away so we so really after that i went as part of the youth movement that i was involved in um I realized I wanted to be more active about what's going on in Israeli society. So I became extremely involved in all sorts of movements, political and social. Uh, during my army service, I worked with underprivileged soldiers. So there's a lot of uh, cornerstones throughout my career that kind of brought me, that helped me shape my experience towards uh, my role at present tense. So after that, I was in a few management roles. In um, I was extremely involved in the Free Gilad Shalit campaign. Now, Gilad Shalit, who was yeah. Gilad Shalit? 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> True. So Gilad Shalit uh, is an Israeli soldier that was uh, abducted in 2000. Well, he was taken in captivity in 2006 in uh, one of the southern borders next to Gaza. And he was in captivity for almost five and a half years until he was released in October 2011. And there so was a massive campaign in Israel to, in a demand to free him uh, to do what's needed to do, which the demand was to free prisoners. Anyways, the, the, the basically what we were fighting for is the fact that in Israel, you say, Kol Israel, Kol Israel we, we are all brothers and we have to take care of each other. So therefore, we have to make sure that everyone that lives here, we are, it's our responsibility to make sure that they are well. <laughs> so I was extremely involved in that. And then uh, while I was doing that, I was working as well. And my experience was mainly in HR and finance. And I wanted to combine my career with doing something social and that's how I arrived to present tense. I started in present tense as office manager in an administrative role and little by little I progressed and uh, I was promoted a few times until today almost six years later that I'm co-CEO with Hulud. That's a remarkable story from seminal moment in, in your life leading you to being a political activist and, and a voice uh, for so many and, and, and overcoming inequality for those now with present sense. Khalud, I, I, and leads so nicely into Khalud. I'm super curious to hear your story and what, what was your journey that led you to being co-CEO of present sense? Um, okay. So I think my journey begins uh, about 12 years ago when I graduated from high school and I really wanted to be a doctor. And I uh, signed up for uh, uh, studies in France. Uh, I, I'm actually from Jaffa. I, live from, uh, I now live in Batyam, but I originate from Jaffa, um, which is uh, right next to Tel Aviv or a part of Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv's older but smaller sister. My mom felt really bad about me leaving her. And uh, my other thing, my, my second plan B, was to do something that is that involves social activism, and uh, that's when I um, founded my first mini venture when I was 17, which is a venture that aims to help families from uh, uh, the Palestinian territories and uh, from Gaza um, translate during their stay at hospitals. So when there are children that need medical. Uh, care. They come to Israel, but they have uh, trouble translating from Arabic to Hebrew. So I am Arab. I used to uh, go with my friends uh, when we were teenagers to these hospitals and uh, help families translate, help them with translations. Uh, also understanding the conditions of the children, but also um, uh, knowing how to live in these really tough situations. Moving forward, when I decided to stay uh, here and not go to France and be a doctor, uh, I really wanted to do something that, that involves um, social activism. So I went to school, uh, to college, and began, 11 years ago, began my BA in uh, social and political studies. I will finish my BA 11 years after in 
I ho- hopefully in a couple of months. Uh, but then um, on the third year of my studies in uh, the academic college here in Jaffa, I was accepted to for an inter- inter- internship at the Paris Center for Peace and Innovation. After one year of being an intern, I got accepted to work there. And then I worked there for six years as a project manager in the field of peace education through technology. And I've worked there, uh, as I said, for six years. I've learned a lot. I've gained a lot of experience. And then after these six years, I felt like I really wanted to do something that's more related to, uh, to, the, to the community that I live in. And uh, back then I was still living in Jaffa and uh, I have two young girls and I really want them to grow in a population that's more equal, that's more accepting, that will accept them for who they are and where they can develop and evolve and be treated equally. That's when uh, present tense came into Jaffa and they were looking for a coordinator and I applied and got accepted. I began as the program coordinator for a program called Made in Jaffa in Present Tense. And that's when I really felt like I was doing, making a difference in my own community and doing something that uh, echoes, that that has a meaning that uh, people recognize as something of their own, um, where people can develop economically, where people can do something that is it's theirs completely, uh, and I I felt like, and I'm still feeling like I'm really doing an actual change. That's it. That's me. That's remarkable, and and you have such a diversified staff as well, representing both Arabs and Jews on That's your right. staff. Which is, mm-hmm. what is that like working? Christians and Jews. Uh, you said Arabs, Christians, and Jews, or Muslims, Christians, Christians, Christians and, Jews. and Jews. Oh, very nice. And, and what is that like working? in such a diversified team and being co-CEOs? Okay, I'll answer. So I think it's, it feels really natural. I mean, we're, we're in a, we're in a, the the society that we live in is, is, is built out of these people and it feels just natural for them to be part of any kind of organization. And, and once we have different population in our staff, we know how to address these different populations. When I want some, when we, we when we want to work in Jaffa, we need someone from Jaffa who knows the territories, who knows uh, the needs of the of the population, the challenges, and it really helps think in a wider, in in a, in a bigger way, in a in a more interesting way. Everyone has different point of views on the situation in uh, Israel, and everyone has different opinions about how things should should happen and it really helps the organization develop and evolve. Do your methodologies vary dependent upon the community that you're in? You're you're in Haifa and Tel Aviv and in Jaffa. Um, what what role does what does cultural pl- background play in those initiatives? I think cultural background is is key to really help us understand the needs of of a community. But if we talk about our our, our methodologies, they don't really change dramatically. So we really, uh, uh, we we believe that every single population that we work with needs to get the same tools that any other population would get. So if we work with 
the ultra-Orthodox Haredi population, if we work with the Arab population, if we work with, uh, with the, uh, the population in Haifa or in Jaffa, uh, the methodologies are the same. Uh, what we adjust is really the um, specifics of, uh, of our program. So if we know that there's a, um, a need to give these tools to women in Jaffa, we will focus on women in Jaffa. If we need, feel like the Ethiopian community or the Haredi community in Jerusalem would need uh, something that is extra or maybe focus on something that is more, uh, that is, uh, more business oriented and not technology oriented, we would do that. But all of our methodologies, I mean, we use really, really high methodologies that we, you, would, uh, you would find in Harvard and in Stanford. So uh, design thinking and business model canvas uh, uh, and take that and we apply it on populations, on uh, uh, different populations. But we really try to adjust it for it to match these the certain populations. But we, we really want, we, we believe that Every single person needs to get these tools just in a different way. It's amazing. How long has Fresnum Tents been operating in Israel? So uh, we started in Israel in 2009. And then uh, the focus was on social entrepreneurship. And in 2013, we started, uh, we basically started the vision of promoting entrepreneurship for diverse communities and working in uh, in Israel's periphery, social and geographical periphery. So that's what we've been doing for the past seven years with over 95 entrepreneurship programs and accelerators throughout the country. What are some of your like favorite success stories to share with people? I can share, share one and then Ariela will share one. Okay, my favorite success stories from the... Uh, actually, you know what? I, I was gonna tell you about Jamila, but I will tell you about Marwan. Uh, he is my favorite success story in Jaffa. So Made in Jaffa has been running for two and a half years and we're now entering for the third year of operation. And uh, it has many co components and one of them is uh, community building and the other one is an accelerator. So Marwan, uh, he is, I actually known him, I've known him for, since we were children. Uh, he was in my brother's class. Uh, they were they were in school together, and uh, he is a DJ. Uh, he learned sound engineering in uh, college, and he's a, he's an amazing DJ. He's one of the best DJs in Jaffa, um, and he was a part of our community program. So he would come to weekly meetups. That's the community program, weekly meetups and workshop workshops that we had during the day and his goal was to uh, develop his own business so he has a small business he wanted to, to develop it and then he would come to every single meetup that we had in this community program and then we opened applications for our accelerators accelerator and he applied for the accelerator uh, one of uh, 50 applicants he got accepted with with a venture that was actually a tech venture uh, he wanted to, to develop some kind of platform uh, for uh, Arab couples that uh, want to get married because the market is a huge market in, in Israel and uh, he wanted to get into this market. During his time at the Accelerator, he really got interested in high-tech and he really understood that high-tech is really the thing to learn uh, computer scientists, computer sciences and coding is the thing to learn if you want to promote in this world. So he went and he studied coding and was actually accepted to start a company as a coder. Then 
he got approached by a big company to purchase his startup. So he, he, he began as a DJ as part of the community program, and he ended up a super successful entrepreneur and a coder in a, in a high-tech company. So he is my favorite success story of all. <laughs> wow, I love that. I love that. Um, and Ariella, I, I can't wait to hear yours. So I was, I was trying to take advantage of the time Khulud was uh, <laughs> speaking to think because I was fortunate to, uh, before I was co-CEO, I was VP. And as that, I was exposed to all our programs. So you meet so many amazing people and entrepreneurs. And I can't, like, it's really, it's like asking someone to choose their favorite child. <laughs> so I'm really uh. finding it difficult to think of someone, like one specific, uh, success story but I want to say I was thinking about your question and to us uh, the success is not just the one person that succeeds and creates a startup and that startup hires more people and generates money and he becomes a role model for the community he comes from but it's also the impact that we see uh, work for the past seven years has been doing so we see that, in, and to me, that's our main success. So we see that impact in government decisions that have been changing uh, in the Ministry of Economy and the um, Authority of Innovation of Israel and the Ministry for, for the Negev, Galil, and the periphery in Israel. We took part, a significant part of policy change and the understanding of having to make entrepreneurship accessible for diverse communities. So to me, that's one major impact that we've had. And just seeing we have um, the first accelerator for the Arab community in Israel is, uh, was something we led. And just a month ago, I was judging in a competition and I met the daughter of one of the most successful startups from that accelerator and she was participating, she was 16 years old and she was participating in an, an entrepreneurship program. And to me, that's the impact because it's not just her father, it's the family now. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get all diverse communities in Israel be exposed to entre entrepreneurship and speak entrepreneurship. That's remarkable. And, and you're doing so much good for, for so many people in Israel. What is it that our listeners can do for you or what type of help do you need? Okay, so uh, present tense, we are always looking for connections. So if you find an interesting connection, if it's a startup or maybe if it's a, a, a possible partner, uh, please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want a mentor in one of our programs, we're always looking for mentors as volunteers. And these are mentors um, in Israel, right? Yes, but we have a few that are also abroad. And, you know, these days with Zoom, as we're connecting now, you can also do long distance mentoring. Share our story if you hear. Just we try to get our message across. Sometimes we feel like we're so busy in doing that we're not, we don't speak much about what we do. So help us share our story. And we're always looking for funding. We're a nonprofit. So. Amazing. And how do people get in touch with you all? So you can uh, look up our Facebook, Present Tense. In one word. One T as well, Present Tense, one word and one T. Uh, you can contact us at contact at presenttense.org. You can email directly Khulud or myself, Ariella at presenttense.org or Khulud at presenttense.org. Khulud is, is, is long, but if you, if you <laughs> succeed, please email me. <laughs> 
and feel free to check our website as well. Amazing. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for all that you do. And I wish you tremendous success in all of your worthy endeavors. Thank you. Thank you, so much. Thank you for hosting us. <laughs> You've been listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. If you know an executive director or nonprofit professional that you think I should interview, shoot me an email at bradley at growthexponential.org.